Get in-depth coverage of your favorite artists and the coolest new gear delivered to your home every month. With a print subscription to Premier Guitar, you can take the best guitar content on earth with you anywhere. No Wi-Fi required. This is Terry with Premier Guitar here in Nashville, Tennessee at Marathon Music Works today with, I'm, I'm excited about this. Dude, this is awesome. We're here with Aaron Marshall. I've been waiting to do this one for forever because you have a very interesting approach to tone. Before we go any further, please subscribe to our YouTube if you don't already. If the rig rundown is not enough for you, uh, you could supplement it by getting the magazine sent right to your house. You should do that. Okay, let's get to business, man. Let's All right. Dude, this rules. I've, I've been really excited to do this for a long time. Thanks for having me, man. I've got a couple of tonal questions for you, but let's start with guitars, because you got sure. some new friends out with you this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Right? All right. Big time, yeah. Cool. Well, let's start with uh, what you call your number one for this tour. Yeah, let's, let's begin there. So, this thing is so sick. This is new for me, oh. and I am in love. And this is. Um, Essentially, the first iteration of a guitar that I am working on with Mayonas in Poland. Yeah, Poland and right? yeah. yes, and if some of your viewers don't know about Mayonas, they have been in business for over 35 years. They're um, oh, wow. a Polish custom shop um, that are known for extremely high quality builds. Um, this is basically we're playing off of their so this model is called Regius and that refers to the silhouette of this guitar mm -hmm. and this is their Regius core model core meaning that it's actually a carved top oh. um, that's sort of how they delineate between uh, the regular Regius which is a flat top like a slab basically like you would see you know like a any uh, fast super strat style guitar sure. um, but they've now introduced carved top which I also love um, based so on everything that I've played prior and the things that I really like about guitars this sort of embodies all of those things so, um, like I said, the Regius uh, name refers to the silhouette and Regius core refers to the fact that this is a carved top guitar. So, um, I'll give you a rundown on the anatomy. Basically, this is a, uh, we'll start with the back. This is a mahogany body um, as far as the wings go. And this is a neck through construction. Um, Mayonas are known for doing these 11 ply laminate necks. Oh, wow. Uh, so, the, we've kind of gone for this like, antiqued kind of murdered out black so you can't really see uh as much as maybe on some of their other builds i have a couple more coming that are natural where you can uh or if you look on their website of course instagram's a good place to check them out um you can see all the different stringers in the neck construction but this is a, a maple dominant neck and when i mean maple dominant most of the stringers in the neck are maple and then you have some mahogany and i believe they use an uh, exotic hardwood called Amazakue uh, as well. So there's three different woods in here. And on top of it being 11 ply construction, it also has carbon fiber in the necks. And that was something that David uh, really wanted to feature for me because I tour a lot. Sure. And I'm happy to report that between India and, well, actually these didn't come with me, but essentially we were in India at the beginning of the tour and these traveled from Toronto to Los Angeles. And then they've been through every single weather condition possible between now and between then and Nashville. And the necks have not moved at Stayed all. Stayed put, huh? We've, we've not had done a neck adjustment on this or its seven string counterpart, which is amazing. All right, side note before we go any further. Sure. India. India. Dude, that is so rad. What's, the, what's this metal scene it like was, It's actually enormous. And this music is really, really big there. Really? And it was our first time there. It's been a long time in the making, but we, um, we went down there for a festival called the NH7 Festival. And we played um, there with an Australian band called Carnival. 
and uh, we co-headlined that festival and it was incredible. It was one of the most unreal things we've ever done. So crazy. And then we did some club shows as well uh, and it was all amazing. We'll be going back. And so. I'm guessing that flight was brutal. Uh, it was a couple of flights and it was all internal flights as well and it was, yeah. It's, but we're Yeah, well these didn't actually come with me so that was oh, a little okay. mistake on my part. I actually brought my, uh, what's functioning as my backups currently and maybe we'll get there but um, I brought some different guitars because these were so new for me at the beginning of the tour. I would cry if they were damaged before I could enjoy oh, them properly. Right. So they traveled from Toronto to Los Angeles in the bus. My tech grabbed them and we literally just pulled them out and they have not moved. So no neck adjustments on the entire tour, which is incredible. And I'll finish off the specs for you. So it's a uh, mahogany body. Like I said, it's this maple dominant neck with mahogany and Amazakaway. And then we have this gorgeous 5A flame maple top in this unreal sort of JD teal finish, which is like my favorite color. So cool. Absolutely love it. And then there's an ebony fingerboard on here. Um, the entire guitar is bound and purfled with this black purloid, and they do this really nice Gotta black ABS and then this white pinstripe that as well. That is so slick. It's gorgeous. The view is amazing. I'm, I'm so in love with the way these things look aesthetically. And then as far as the rest of the details go, this is a custom three-way switch from Schaller. Um, I've used you know, historically basically five-way switches to get uh, an array of tones for my guitars, but on a five-way, I found, especially live, and I'm trying to cater my tastes more to what I do on stage sure. and have that translate into the studio because I sort of live here more than I live there. So um, this is a three-way and it's just bridge humbucker and then it's inner coils split and then neck humbucker. So it's basically like rock and riff uh, or edge as I would mm -hmm. call it, you know, something that has a little more bite. And then all the spank and twang stuff, yeah, edge of breakup sounds and we do a lot of split coil sounds and then mm -hmm. anything that I need for like a more vocal or fluid, fluty, solo-y kind of stuff, sure. that's kind of like shred mode basically. And a five way so. in the heat of battle can really well, if you, you if you biff, <laughs> yeah, if you biff it and land on three or four, you know, yeah, I can still so I can weird. still I can still get through. But I had to play this little game where I had to kind of just land it right there. Now with a three way, it's really simple and it's just the the exact core tones that I use. Um, volume and tone, uh, CTS pots, 550k, low tension audio taper. These are bare knuckle holy diver in an emerald and these are um, a set of pickups that Tim at bare knuckle recommended for me to start here we're making notes as we go and we're sort of refining all of the details uh, you know revolving around so this is a prototype this. these are essentially prototypes okay. where we're spending the next uh, basically the next year making notes about all the things I love and the things I'd like to change um, as far as everything that you see here yeah. so uh, but that's pretty much it really um, we've got hip shot locking tuners nice. on these guys yeah the open back guys they're pretty standard and then of course uh, I get a lot of questions about this this is the Godo 510 this is a different model it's uh, as far as I know it's just aesthetically different in terms of uh, sort of this like um, fairing yeah. it doesn't look like the Fender style one and then it's got these um, sort of hybrid like bent style saddles that you see on um, like I know that uh, like the Ibanez AZs have th this style saddle. It's kind of new to me. Usually I use a full solid mass saddle, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this whole setup. It's a two spring setup um, to keep things nice and slinky and so I can flutter sure. and get a really responsive action out of my trem. And I'm using D'Addario 9 to 46 NYXLs on this guitar in standard tuning. Love that. So that's the rundown. That's always been one of my favorite things about your playing, especially recently. That not a lot of guys playing fusion are doing six strings, let alone in standard tuning. I think that is just so cool. And it also, I guess that's a fun challenge for you, right? Was that a hard workaround? Um, it was sort of a deliberate challenge. Sure. Uh, in 2015, when I 
wrote and recorded my record, The Shape and Color, um, which was my first foray into using standard tuning and, and all that stuff uh, in the context of intervals. It was a bit of a, a deliberate challenge in the sense that I wanted to um, basically create that minor limitation to where I'm not relying on drop tunings or the extra string from the seven string. And I wanted to see like if I could do what I do just in, in the real world, if, right. you, if you will, you know? And um, I love it and it's, and it's yielded great results. We've had, I mean, the last two records have almost exclusively been in standard tuning, right. with the ex exception of a couple of drop B songs, um, which we, uh, we've got a, a shorter set to support to our for us, so we're not doing any of those. But I've got this guy in standard and, you know, the, the lion's share of the music exists here with this. And then if you want, I can show you we'll the other guy. Let me show Hats you Hats off this to my audience. I mean, these are, the appointments are just. They're sick. unreal. They're absolutely unreal. I should also mentioned Blue Lumen Lay on both oh, right. these guitars as well. And this guitar is essentially the spitting image of the other, except this beautiful seven. purple yeah. finish. It's a seven string and I don't use trem on my seven, so this is a Schaller Hannes bridge. And if you guys haven't seen this bridge before, the construction is amazing. It's basically like this base plate that's bolted and sandwiched from the top and the body. And you can see here, it's actually bolted and strung through wow. like that. And then the material of the saddles are essentially like graph tech, which is the same material yeah. as the nut. So you get this really consistent point of contact from where you know from the break point mm -hmm. uh, where the string leaves the body and uh, breaks over the nut so um, there's a very particular sound in this bridge it's very aggressive but it works great because this guitar is tuned in drop a flat and in the lower register and it's really clear like a bell and the only difference uh, anatomically in this guitar the neck is the same but we've got swamp ash yeah and I tend to I tend to go with this for anything I'm tuning a little bit lower it tends to ring a little bit differently so sure absolutely love this guitar and this Slick. one is set up with it's a bit of a um I'll, I'll just reference the gauges really quickly but we started out with 10 to 52 and a 68 this is a 26.5 scale guitar um typically in the past that's what i've used 10 to 52 and a 68 but uh, we found we could get away with a little more slink, um, especially with the extra inch. So we're actually using, uh, I believe it's 9, 13, 16. So basically it's like the top three from a set of nines. So like sure. my standard guitar. And then the remaining gauges come from a set of 10 to 52. So we left that and then we have a 68. So we're basically yeah. ranging from nine to 68. And it feels extremely balanced in my hand. It sets up great, plays great, and this is, Actually, to, to be to be completely frank, this is the sickest seven-string guitar I've ever owned in a decade of playing seven strings. I adore this guitar. Yeah, sounds like you've got the best of both worlds with these gauges too, because you got the you know you can bend like a nine, but you also got yes. the heavy when you need it, and you're not floppy. Which is what's right. challenging with these, because uh, you know to be honest, my preference would actually be to go multi-scale on a seven sure. and to do a fan fret, but you know there's it comes with its limitations and if we ever did find a really reliable seven string trem i'd love to implement that and not have to be like oh well no we've made a multi-scale guitar and i can't do that right so at least we could actually route for that if we wanted to at some point and i do believe goto actually now have a seven string 510 bridge we've not tried it though and this is the comfort zone so totally. whether it's a hip shot bridge or this this is something that uh i've had on a previous build a, a number of years back and i wanted to actually go with this again uh just to get started while we were sort of uh, specking these and trying right. things out. I love this whole thing, and this is a joy to play on a nightly basis. I am obsessed with yeah, this guitar. I think it's sick. Man. It's super sick. So. Love the headstock. I love. I love the aesthetic of the bridge too. It's very interesting. It's, it's beautiful. I couldn't be happier with these. David and everybody at Mayona's 
absolutely killed these. And there's, a, like I said, a couple more coming, and we'll yeah. continue to make notes, and then I've see noticed what happens. their break angle is very shallow as well. That's it's cool. a little bit, which is, which you know, funny enough, I've struggled with that on previous guitars. Sometimes that can lead to some issues, but um, these guitars are actually plucked with the gauges and the, at the tuning that you specify. Oh, oh so boy. this instrument was optimized Nasty. for my tuning. So yeah. it's it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And as far as the response in the right hand, I've never had a guitar that just keeps up with me. As far as a seven string sure. that keeps up with me the way this one does, and I adore it. I love it. I know you guys probably won't be able to see this on camera, but the action on these guitars is just breathtakingly <laughs> low. It's pretty low, like, yeah. I guess that's because they pluck it with the gauges and everything like that. That too, and we're able to just get them slammed to a point where it's still expressive, like it's really playable. Um, it's not clacky mechanically or making right. any weird noises. I'm not getting any weird intonation issues. Never farting no, out up high or anything. No, there's no weird like fretting out or bending or anything. Um, we basically try to get it to a point where it's not obnoxiously low. It's very low. Mm -hmm. It is for sure. When you look at it, you go, oh, wow. But it's to the point where, it, like I said, it's still expressive. Um, I still need to sound vocal when it comes to like vibrato and bending, and I still need to be able to manipulate the string. I don't want it too tight. But at the same time, I need to get around it quickly. Sure. So it's a fine line, but this is where we were able to get them. And like I said, no neck adjustments on this tour. So this is where they live and Crazy. they're great. So yeah, we've been very, very happy with these. Yeah. My tech has been, it's been a joy for John because he just has to clean them up and string them. That's it. So. <laughs> Not a bad gig. It's not a bad right gig, no. What do you got? Uh, what else you got? Are, are you prim primarily on these two all night, right? This is me all night, just these two. Again, this is a support tour for us. So for this cycle, we've typically been playing an hour, hour plus. But uh, in the context of this tour, we're playing 30 minutes. Seven, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a lot of music in 30 minutes. But um, as a result, it limits the amount of instruments that we can bring. Sure, Normally sure. in a headliner, I'll have a, a whole zoo. But right. um, so, yeah, it's just those two. And then... Um, we do. Do you want me to run down the uh, the other guys as well? You want to well, see what else we're here, is in the might, rack? Might as well. I can show you these very quickly, and then we'll get into some other okay. stuff I'm, as well. I'm glad you actually brought this one up because in several interviews um, you've done, I've I've heard you talk a lot about roasted maple necks. Yes. I've never owned one. Well, what, what, what's the idea behind so that? So this is Travis's guitar. Um, Travis plays in a band called Entheos. Mm -hmm. Everyone should check out Entheos. He's also um, you may know you guys may know Travis from a band called Scale the Summit, sure. and that's how we know Travis. Travis is a good buddy. This is his first tour with Intervals, and um, I was over in Europe this summer, and we were securing the India shows and um, this tour, and we needed. Uh, some personnel very quickly because we had uh, flights and passports and all these things. Travis jumped in the saddle very quickly. So this is his uh, this is his first tour with us, and I'll run you down on what he's using. Yeah. So like Perry mentioned, um, this guitar features a roasted maple neck. This is a Charvel USA Custom Shop guitar. Um, I the model name is escaping me. I think it's DKM something. I can't re I can't recall. But it's very streamlined, super strat style guitar. Um, Pegasus and Sentient. He's got a series parallel switch and a five way Goto five ten. Straight to the point. Yeah, roasted maple. And these guitars are also extremely extremely stable. Um, even for a flamed piece, which mm -hmm. you know sometimes the curly stuff will wander on you. These guitars are very very stable. The way they kill and treat these these blanks are amazing, sure. and they're quarter sawn. So. Um, it's a workhorse. There's not much yeah. more to say about it, really. It's, you know, lumen lay. Um, Travis uses Dunlop strings. I'm not sure exactly what gauge is. believe it's 10 to 46 on this. Ready for a special offer on a print subscription to Premier Guitar? Visit shop.premierguitar.com now and use this coupon, PODCAST15. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-5 get 15% off a one-year subscription to our in-depth coverage of your favorite artists and the coolest new gear. 
Offer valid in U.S. only. No Wi-Fi required. Um, what is it tonally that, bring, that that brings you to the roasted maple? Though? Well, roasted maple is going to ring a little bit more like a bell. It ring, if you think about it, when you take a piece of wood and you sort of reduce its moisture content down to, I mean, there's almost no, there's no sap left in the right. wood. It's essentially torrified. It says, it's, it's, it's kind of nice because you get this really cool aesthetic look, but you also get a guitar that plays like a modern beast, but it's like you pulled it out of your grandpa's closet. Totally. Because it's, been, it's basically just been, you know, it's been aged, right? You know, in sort of in in hyperspeed. So um, you get a, a blank that just rings like a bell. It rings like a marimba or like a you know. There's mm -hmm. like the way right, like, it's just so, super resonant and incredibly stable as a result. So love that. Yep. So that's Brad. that's Travis's main. And hats off to Travis for being able to step in. So oh, quick. he I mean, he learned. It's not like your music is easy. To and he had to learn it. <laughs> he basically learned an hour's worth of material as well going into this because we were headlining over in India. So he had to get that under his belt and then slide into a 30 minute set for for what we're doing. And then this is one of his uh, original Jackson uh, USA custom shop, seven these. strings. Yeah, you can see a lot of scale of Summit videos and, sure. um, and Entheos videos where he's playing this. Also a set of Duncans as well. Um, I believe it's Pegasus and Sentient as well. This guy is a five way. Uh, and then this one's got a roasted bird's eye neck on it. I'm not actually sure what the body is. Uh, Lumen lay on this guy as well. Similar gauges to what I'm playing. Um, and yeah, and this is a this is a one of a kind right here. Binding nice, is so big chunky binding. I love Badass. this so much. Jackson making amazing guitar. Yeah. So, um, and Jackson and Charvel are like this. They're birds yeah. of a feather. So that's why he has the the Charvel. He needed a six to do to do our tour, and that's what we got. And then while we're here, I might as well while we're yeah. taking the opportunity, this I'll is just one of the coolest bases. I've I'll seen show you this one time. very quickly. This is new for Jacob. This is a Z3 from Dingwall. This is custom made for Jacob. This is the only one of its kind. This is a finish that he designed. This is in his description, the sexy stormtrooper. <laughs> so this is basically like a sandblasted ash top. They've done a black grain fill and then they've matched the black mat back to the grain fill. So you get this really cool aesthetic and you can see here, made for oh, Jacob, nice. signed by Sheldon Dingwall. Uh, if you guys don't know about Dingwall guitars, Sheldon's in Canada and Saskatchewan. He essentially has established the benchmark for multi-scale basses. Right. Um, this thing is an absolute beast. Uh, it's got Dingwall pickups, but it's got a dark glass electronics. Um, Jacob also uses dark glass on stage. This one is set up in standard tuning. I don't know the gauges, um, but it's, you know, it's just basically standard with a low B. Damn, dude, this thing is a piece of art. It surely is. And, uh, other than, uh, I mean, I don't even really know most of the specs off top apart from the top. I can't remember what the body is. I know that the fingerboard is Wenge and then maple neck. And then they just do these really cool That's appointments so cool. like magnets. magnets for this guy so you can get in really quickly. Um, really nice. And then, yeah, and then these big bolts. This thing is just super solid. Um, Apart from all of the specs I just ran down, I am not going to pretend like I know anything more about this guitar. So totally this is, all right. <laughs> so this is uh, this is Bass World, and we've got a five string that we use for the lower tuning as well. But uh, it's also a Dingwall. It's uh, it's an NG two or an NG three, um, which is Nolly's model, and it's some of the first basses from Dingwall that Jacob uh, was playing. It's uh, essentially the same instrument, just five strings and tuned sure. tuned differently. So love that. Man. So that's right. the rack. Killer guitars. Cool. And you guys have a kind of notoriously super fast setup, right? Like, mm -hmm. what do you, like, on average, from boot to bonnet, what do you say, like, I mean, 10 minutes? 
Yeah, like if everything is preset and ready to go, we can pretty much get our show going in about 10, 15 minutes, I'd say. Um, so and we've had to do it like throw and goes at places like Download Festival or even on this tour, we had a, a show in Denver where um, Chan broke down in Wyoming and we were all late to get moving. So we basically were as preset as we could be you know, five minute line check and we're up. And, and, and that's all thanks to our, uh, it's a extremely well-constructed in-ear monitor system where the band is essentially self-contained except for the, the house. Um, we can pretty much show up and do an intervals performance with any PA and be, yeah, rump to stump in about 10 to 15 minutes, which is pretty amazing. And that's full drum kit, both guitars and stereo, bass. We've, we've got the ability to power cabinets on stage as well as feed a direct system. And all of us get 32 channels of stereo input to our ears, click track, everything's automated. It's like military precision. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. All right, speaking of stage, uh, you're, you've always been an advocate for modeling amps. Yep. Um, which is what you're running for, the, for this run of shows, Axe right? Effects 3. 3? Yeah. 3. Um, did you, were you a two guy before? I mean, I started out with amps and pedals, sure. and it's the world that I know. And then when I discovered modeling, which would be maybe 2009 or 2010, it just made the most sense to me because the concept, and I think that young players or maybe guys who aren't that familiar with modeling or gear in general get confused about this. Modelers, it's like the chicken and the egg thing, except there is a definitive because, you know, in terms of the answer to that uh, sort of parable, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, modelers wouldn't exist without the amplifiers first. And a lot of guys get confused about how to mm. dial a modeler, but for me it was always a no-brainer because you're supposed to treat the equipment in the modeler as Just if like you're in the room sure. with it. So it was always a no-brainer, you know? It's like, yes, you can overcook things and go crazy in a modeler, but you can also keep things really simple and to the point and yield really quality results. And that's sure. what we do. My signal path inside the, the Axe Effects is just like I would do in the real world. So there's styles of amps I know that I can get different sounds from. On this tour, I'm using the PVH 6160 model, sure. which is basically like a block letter 5150. 5150. Yeah. I'm using a Friedman HB on rhythms. I'm using a Brit 800, which is like a JCM 800 for any edge of breakup tones, split just coil sounds. Kind of yeah, dynamic stuff that reacts well to the splits. And then, um, for clean stuff, and I don't have any in my repertoire for this particular set, but I know I've got Travis dialed in on like a USA Mark clean, like an right, American right. clean. Gotcha. So those are the kind of like anatomically, those are the amps that we reach for. And then Which everything would is probably be what you'd go for in the studio. In the real world, yeah, I totally. mean, Friedman all day. Um, you know, I've also got I have a Sir PT100 in my my arsenal at home, and that's essentially like it's a very similar hot rod and Marshall sound. Right. I have a 5150 EL3450 watt. Ooh. Love that as well. Um, but yeah, these are the types of amps that we go for. I also have a Mesa Triple Crown 100, and that's a, an array of different tones as well. But um, yeah, varying shades of overdrive and compression allow me to get the different sounds I want from the front of the amp. I tend to dial all four amps just as like, as if they were just right here in the room with me. And then I just use varying amounts of gain from pedals in the chain to sort of give me different responses from the front end of the amp and then different time-based effects for the different moods and vibes. So I could have a dotted eighth on like a, you know, using like a memory man style delay for maybe more ethereal and ambient things. But for my general lead sound, it's kind of like a, a tapey or an analog delay that's set to where 
I've got it ducking, you know, a, a couple of decibels out of my way, and then when I let it go, I get this big tail off it, and it's all, these are all things that you couldn't actually do with as much precision in the real world, for sure with a Strifecta right. and all the ability to save presets and everything, yeah, you can do that with a timeline and a big sky and all that, and I have that rig too, but it's not practical right. for, for what we try to do with this show. Especially so. with Cartage, you guys are, you know, playing internationally, and yes. that shipping would be half of your... Salary. I can't do it with an analog. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's just, crazy. It's simply not possible. So we use the AX8s when we fly. It's even more streamlined. Which is the, just, the floor controller the floor for those version. Of you guys that don't know. Yeah, and we use the Seymour Duncan Power Stage 170 and then the AX8. And then the big boy version of that rig is, is what we have here, which is the AxeFX3 Seymour Duncan Power Stage 700s yeah. on stage. And then some custom Mesa cabs, uh, which, you know, we'll probably get into all that. But that's pretty much how we, that's the ethos on modeling, is sure. I'm trying to recreate all the things I would do if I was literally in a room filled with gear. Gotcha, so, so you guys are on ears. Yep. So cabs aren't necessarily necessary. They're not necessary. For but you, is it is it a response thing or is it a feedback thing? Or it's like a couple things, I mean, we do like to fill the stage in. I, I hate going to a rock or a metal show where you stand side stage or at the front of the, the, the edge of the stage and all you get is cymbals. I hate that. So we are trying to, you know, we do have a bass cab on stage as well, so we are really trying to be a live band off the deck. That's very important to us. Um, it also just means that if the PA went down, we could we could actually just be that self-sufficient. Totally. We wouldn't have tracks or any of the bells and whistles, but we are the band on that right. stage. We are not reliant on the house. We also use room mics, and we pepper those into our ears just a little bit, and we have those on a fader in the X32 app where we can bring in ambience, and me filling the room in on the stage gives me a three-dimensional quality to the IR that I don't necessarily get when an impulse response is in your ears. It's like it's, it's right weird. here. Yeah, it, it takes some time to get used to, especially It's very strange. Yeah. It's a little bit unflattering. Yeah. So a little bit of that depth and space from the room and the cabinet behind me sort of adds a little bit of this like ambience to it where I feel a little bit more comfortable, and I feel like I'm in the room with everybody, and I'm not isolated Man. so it's a great approach because I've noticed especially when that it's just direct IR on ears you are pulling one out so you can hear the I, room and then it kind of throws I've you off never had to do it with this yeah. rig we implemented this rig just over a year ago I've never had to pull an ear out I'm completely content with everything that I'm hearing here and that's because we just spend the time to get it right yeah, so love that yeah. all right let's let's talk about workflow because you have a very proficient uh, way of handling things so sure. you have pre-programmed all of your changes yeah so it sends a MIDI signal to your axe effects and makes those changes for you. Correct. Brilliant. Yes. That is so sick. But we're not the only guys doing it. I know, I mean, but I, like, yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's funny it just enough. It takes a lot of work to do that. It takes a bunch of preparation in advance. I spend more time before we even get into the practice sure. room, spending time on those little details. We use the FC12 um, foot switches on stage. In a perfect show, all I ever do is touch the tuner. <laughs> but with the with the axe effects too, we were running into issues where if we ever had a laptop go down. I've got no switching in front of me because the previous um, foot controller uh, wouldn't actually keep up with the rack as it was receiving program changes. Oh, there was a latency. And not even latency, it wasn't omnidirectional. It just wouldn't talk, okay, it wouldn't yeah, talk yeah. to it. So the, having a foot switch really does you no good because I wouldn't know where I am in the show. Right. I wouldn't know how sense. to get to my next sound and I'm, I'm having to play so much that any thinking at all beyond pickup switching and performing right. is, is gonna throw me for a loop. So now, um, everything uh, talks via their, they have a proprietary connection called Fastlink. It's one XLR that just powers up that switch. 
But as the rack receives program changes and controller continuous controller, I watch you it watch move. it in real time. And oh. all of my scenes are labeled. So if we do have a blunder where the laptop goes down, I know where I am and I can continue switching. Every song is a program. I can bank up and down through my songs and then we reveal, you know, it reveals the scenes, which is basically all the moves I need to make inside sure. a given song. So I can see it happening in front of me in a perfect show. All I ever do is touch the tuner. And if we have to, it's there to operate. And Travis uh, is doing all of his switching himself, but I got a lot to think about, and sure. I've put the time into where all yeah. of my show is automated. So. That's, I, I guess, for me, one of the things that I absolutely love about modeling amps is no matter your approach to tone, like some guys that are playing Axe Effects, they want to treat it like a pedal board. And I like, like that too. Clean, crunch, gain, whatever. And, that's fine. and you can do that, yep. or you can. Or you can do this. switches. You I think can, that is just freaking so cool. You can man. get under the hood. And the thing is, is we have, you know, intervals from the beginning. Historically, I've been really big on trying to recreate the record to a T sure. in the live environment. And that's something we pride ourselves on. So even things like lo-fi filters and things and all these kind of moments that you hear on the album where like the band will drop out and you get that little lo-fi radio or the yeah. telephone sound, I'm able to just kick an EQ block yeah. on and off and everything is completely automated. It's seamless because it happens within the preset. It's just a scene change. That block just kicks on and off and you would, you'd be none the wiser, you know? And it takes a little bit of work in advance, but it's so gratifying to just have it all moving and feeling like I'm living within the record live so so rad man yeah i know a lot of especially people our age that are into prog probably got there through bands like between the buried me and like you know other metal bands For and sure. stuff like that or their predecessors right or even before that you know like 100 yeah specifically with like the jazz fusion stuff mm -hmm. which is that's a the, the techniques are so advanced i think you know once you kind of uh transcend metal like you start getting into that sort of stuff 100% and bands early on like Candiria were kind of doing that stuff Going once there, in a while yeah. and that was kind of like proto but like for for you obviously you're a metalhead you know when yeah, you're at a kid. heart at heart yeah. right but I gotta ask man like of all the prog and you know whatever d-word bands that I listen to you guys have the like the danciest funkiest <laughs> like R&B <laughs> yeah modes like yeah, yeah. the shapes that you play and like the sounds that I hear it's sure. like damn like the song Belvedere yes. like whenever that song comes on my Spotify daily or whatever I'm like just jamming in the car because <laughs> it's like it just jams so hard that's like, cool is this something you're actively listening to are you going out of your way to listen to stuff outside of the genre oh yeah big okay. time I mean I figured that must be the and case. I think that yeah and and, and you you know if you go all the way back to the beginning of intervals and and you know everything did have more of that that uh, down tune aggressive aesthetic and I, I love that and we still go there and I still intend to go there but you know for me I have to keep it fresh I have to keep it interesting I need to be honest with myself and with the last two records there were some vibes that I did want to put the intervals touch on and something like Belvedere for example I grew up uh, I'm born in 89 and for me like the early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, just 90s in general is like when music was, that's, that's the golden, in love. and that's yeah, the yeah, golden totally. era and I saw, you know, NSYNC and, T, you know, TLC and uh, Destiny's Child and Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys and all that stuff live as a kid and I love those 90s like R&B and pop vibes and, you know, it's, I wasn't doing it necessarily with this motive in mind to be like, yeah, like, you know, pop is back in this you know you right, see metal right. bands pulling it, it it was there was no particular motive in that capacity it was can i put my spin on like you know a chord progression that feels like no scrubs but still be intervals about it and like that was like it's always an experiment yeah. even a, a tune like by far and away which is our most like fusiony and more you know people like to be like oh it's so jazzy and we don't really see it that way it was more so like 
for me, I was like, can I write a non-linear chord progression that still has an inside hook? It's these experiments that just yield these songs. Right. So, you know, with progressive music and us sort of existing within this, you know, this, it's, it's a contradiction to call it an umbrella because I think that the ceiling is made of glass. I think totally. that we can do whatever we want and, and that's what we have done and what we will continue to do. But um, I just, I don't know, I feel like it's no holds barred. You yeah, just do whatever. It, it makes for a very, very, very interesting music, you know, for, for a, a, a lot of players, you know, like, I mean, there is a lot of jazz influence, especially in progressive metal, you yeah, know, ha Javier's doing it a lot. Yeah. And, and Tosin obviously is sound. like, they have, yeah. they kind of touch on it, but like, Big time. I was trying to explain your band to a friend and it was like, it, it's kind of like if Prince's new power generation or whatever was like doing metal. Like, I know it sounds really weird, but it's like, it's very, very yeah. different. It's hard know? to give yeah. the elevator pitch on it. A lot of people will right. ask. How are you like, explaining it? Yeah, like, I, what's your band? Like, you'd be in an Uber and be like, oh, you're on tour. Like, what do you know, what's your band like? And I'm what's like, your go -to? dude, uh, rock. I, <laughs> yeah, I just tell them I'm in Matchbox 20, to be Brilliant. honest. Brilliant. <laughs> usually... It's just yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah. I'm an outer switch foot. But um, anyway, uh, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's rooted in metal. It's progressive. It's rock. It takes cues from the pop and the jazz world. It's all the things I like and we like about music, and we're funneling that into sort of this vessel, which is progressive rock and metal, and that's the delivery. Totally, so. Well, hats off, dude. Thank I'm a you. huge fan of your work. Thank you, I'm thank you, thank you. Big fan of your writing. For me, theory just gives me a headache, so I like listening to it more than I like trying to figure it for out. For sure, so. and honestly, you know, uh, from, a, from that standpoint, we make music for musos, and that is just one part of it, but I also believe that that's not the case. I've always tried to go out of my way to make memorable hooks that don't require, you know, the real book to understand. Right. Like, it actually has no bearing over what I do. The vast majority of what I do is completely intuitive, so. Well, well thank you. Thanks again for of taking the time course, to talk to us. And show us these sweet mayonnaise guitars, dude. Those are so cool. They're amazing. Guys, please uh, stay tuned for other rig rundowns, riff rundowns, all that fun stuff. Click subscribe. See you later. Thanks, guys.